Well, this is going to be the bee's knees. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, lovely. I wanted to start today with a thank you. I mentioned last week, perhaps, that I took a look at some of your reviews as I was putting together the book proposal for my style book. Well, then I read every single one in pulling together that proposal, and I just want you to know how much they meant to me, how truly powerful and helpful they are for me to know who's listening, what resonates, and how powerful and important it is in encouraging other people to listen and join this community. So thank you so much to every single one of the 1,100-something of you that have left reviews. That is, however, a fraction of the listeners that we have of every episode, so I just want to encourage you again. It would mean so much to me if you haven't done so. If you would pause, swipe up, tap five stars, you can write something. If you have something now to say, you can always come back and update later, even if you're a very first-time listener. Maybe you're like, you know what? It was a cute theme song. I can say that. Great. I loved her intro. It was so fun and happy. Or maybe a friend recommended this is your very first episode. You can say that. My friend Jen keeps telling me to listen to this podcast. I'm finally listening because Jen always gives the you know the best advice, so I'm excited that I'm here. It is just so generous of you to take a moment, um, and I appreciate it so very much. So today, we are kicking off a three-week series on enoughness. It has been about a year since I did a multi-part series. The last one, I believe, was on the causes of depression and anxiety. But I think when there are really big issues for us, they are complex. That's kind of my ethos of everything in my teaching. I think a lot of the things we struggle with in life, we struggle with because they are complex. If they weren't complex, we would have figured them out because we're smart, we're hardworking, we're savvy. We could figure things out if they were simple, if we've continued to struggle with something, and if culturally we continue to struggle with it. You're not like, I am the only one of my friends having this issue. You're like, actually, I see memes on Instagram all the time joking about this issue. A lot of people are struggling with this thing. That, to me, says it is deeply complex. And I think oftentimes we therefore struggle to get past it because we like things bite-sized. We like a little, you know, we want it in a meme. We want it in a five-minute video. We want it in a short article with three bullet points. We want the seven hacks, the seven tips. We want, you know, the the big key, the one secret. We want to be able to hit the easy button and make that change happen. And in these complex issues, they really take time even to understand them because I think we have to come at it from so many different angles and there's so many layers and that can be really hard to do in one conversation, one blog post, one article, one podcast episode. So I also think that having a one-time conversation about these issues is not as powerful as when we kind of stay in that mindset and we keep pondering. So that is my intention for us here, that over the next few weeks, the word enough And the concept of enoughness is something that we can all be more present to, dialoguing about more, 
and that the content over these next three weeks will really help us to have a genuine shift and aha in this energy. So we hear, I would say I've heard for forever, the phrases of you're enough or uh, you, and also you're not too much. Kind of that balance of am I enough? Am I not too much? That feels like one narrative in my mind. I feel like I've heard quote for forever. And sometimes we hear something and we're like, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, I get that. But it doesn't hit you. You know, sometimes something hits you and you're like, oh my gosh, that was good. I love those moments. When you see the meme, you see the post on Instagram, a friend says something in a conversation, you're like, wow, I never thought about that about it that way. Or, oh my gosh, that feels so true for me. I feel so seen. So the word enough is not new. And I would say even for years and years, I'm seeing it all the time on Instagram, even just that phrase, you are enough, is a very frequent thing that comes up. But it has really stood out to me recently that that one word, enough, I am hearing again and again and again. I hosted a workshop for my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal users, and that was a repeating theme in the questions that were submitted. We just did two calls back-to-back with my Elegant Excellence Mastermind where so many of the questions around whatever we were talking about came back to this concept of enough. I have DMs saying, could you talk about the fact that I constantly struggle with feeling like I'm not doing enough, I'm not far enough, I don't know when I'm doing enough? And it just hit me in a new way when I realized it is one word that is repeating again and again and again. And I understand in some ways why that comes up in conversations with me because I do often talk about productivity in that a probably 50% of my audience are entrepreneurs. And so we're, we've got big dreams. We're hard on ourselves. We're, it takes a lot of self-assessment to know, am I working hard? Am I being too hard on myself? I've shared before, that's been one of my lifelong existential questions. Am I being too hard on myself? Or am I not working hard enough? I wondered that back in my theater career. I've wondered that in my entrepreneurship career. I created the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal. It is not just for entrepreneurs. It is for absolutely anyone. But it's about making our goals and dreams happen. And it's really for the person who's like, I mean, I I understand I could have a planner that lays out my hours from nine to six. I'm still not moving things forward. (laughs) Like what is, again, to the complexity, what are the underlying issues? What are all the other layers and angles as to why I am struggling to do the things I say I want to do, to accomplish the things I say I want to accomplish? And this comes up any time we talk about rest, uh, burnout, you know, anything on, on that spectrum, play, leisure or leisure, however you pronounce it, sleep. Um, goals and dreams. There's there's so many different angles that all come back to, am I getting enough sleep? <laughs> am I getting enough rest? Am I lazy for wanting to rest? Am I lazy for wanting to sleep? Have I, we talked about, am I beating myself up, self up in a previous episode recently? Am I punishing myself that I haven't done enough during the day, so I'm going to wake up an hour early tomorrow? 
and that ultimately I don't, I'm not getting enough sleep because I didn't do enough during the day. That word is the undercurrent, the subtext of so many of those conversations. But it also has to do with, am I doing enough to lose the weight? If I'm not happy in my body right now, am I both ashamed of my body and simultaneously ashamed that I'm not doing more to get over the shame by cutting my calories, by working out more? Am I am I texting my friends enough? Am I making connection with the people in my life enough? I feel loneliness So is it my fault that I'm not doing enough? Is my home not organized enough? You know, I watched the home edit on Netflix or everybody on Instagram, their home looks really organized. I mean, we just, it is constant. Am I doing enough? Am I spending enough time with my kids? Am I spending enough time on self-love? Have I saved enough money? Am I using my money wisely enough? While I don't want to drive you crazy, my hope is that as we go through this series, you will realize just how flipping much we use or think the word enough or a subsidiary of it that is implicit in, ugh, I need to lose 10 pounds. That says I haven't done enough. I haven't worked out enough or I haven't calorie restricted enough Enough is inherent in the phrase, oh, my my stomach just feels so big. Like, oh, my arms are so flabby. Oh, my jeans are too tight. The, the subtext there is I didn't do enough somehow. So being around this anniversary of our COVID aha-ness in March of 2020, I put together a pinned stories on Instagram of COVID anniversary, I went back to my stories that I shared a year ago, and I just put some key ones up there that were really helpful for me in kind of emotionally processing and recalling where we were at the time, the conversations we were collectively having, the emotions we were collectively having. So I have a – you can go check that out on my uh, pin stories right now. It's called COVID anniversary. And I have a story from a year ago where I asked us – Are you feeling in this time that you're behind? Are you feeling guilt or shame that you're not doing enough? 91% of us said yes. In the midst of a once in a lifetime global pandemic in which we were terrified, we were hiding in our homes, Movies like Outbreak had come to life. Tragedy was happening in Italy, in New York City. It was all that was on the news. We were in crisis. And 91% of us were shaming ourselves for not doing enough in the midst of our grief and shock. Which when you think about it, I want you to imagine that one of your best friends Her spouse has cancer. Her spouse has really bad cancer. And they just found out and they're doing chemo and they're like they're researching and they've got medical bills and doctor's appointments and all the things. Imagine if she said to you every day, oh, I just feel like I'm not um, I'm not doing enough at work right now. And I just like my home organization. And I don't know why I'm not learning to bake banana bread. And I'm just really behind on my French studies. I should be working out more, right? Like you would be like, Emma, Emma, first of all, I just want to give you such a big hug. And then I want you to hold my hands. And I want to say to you, 
your husband has stage four cancer. Like you are going through grief and shock and trauma. This, why are you beating yourself up for not also organizing and working out all of the things? Like when we can step outside of ourselves and consider someone else in that scenario, we're like, you're crazy. <laughs> why are you putting all this pressure on yourself? But 91% of us did. Emma's not crazy. It just looks crazy when you're observing it, but we were all doing it. So then I asked, kind of updated, did you feel that pressure last year of how you should be spent using this time, you know, in those first few months of quarantine? 81% said yes, which is interesting. Now, of course, there's going to be different people who see my stories every time, but something I know about surveying my audience if you get 100 or 1,000 people to chime in on something, it's going to be pretty consistent if you get 10,000 people to chime in on something. Your audience tends to be who they are. So maybe these were just different people, but I also think there's a good chance that 10% of us in there forgot how much pressure we were putting on ourselves. Maybe because now we forgive ourselves for what we didn't do. But at the time, 91% of us felt that way. Then I said, do you struggle with that today? feeling like on a just regular basis, I'm not I'm not getting enough done. I'm not being productive enough. I feel that productivity guilt, that shame that I'm behind. 83% said, you're struggling with this today. So what that says to me, 91% of us were struggling with that in the pandemic. We were harder on ourselves when we were going through grief. And in grief or not, we're basically just as hard on ourselves no matter what is happening. Even a year after that, whether we've given ourselves grace and forgiveness over this last year of the pandemic, whether it's feeling easier than it was now, 83% of us are still struggling with that feeling of enoughness. And I was only talking about the the, the productivity, the getting things done. I wasn't say, saying in any area of your life. I would imagine if I asked in any area of your life, do you not feel enough? Do you have mom guilt? Do you have body shame? Do you have financial shame? I would imagine, do you feel like you're not saving enough? You're not making enough? I would imagine 100% of people would say, yes, there is some area where I struggle with not feeling enough. And this has led me over the last few weeks to really dive into what is the definition of enough? in whatever area of our life. Where did we get that definition from? Like who decided that working nine to five Monday through Friday is enough hours to feel like I checked that box? You know, who decided that, whose narrative made you feel that if you were a size eight instead of a size 10, that would be enough? You know, it, it came from somewhere outside of us. Because if you return to who you were at eight years old, you didn't come out of the womb knowing, I have this internal clock that says, I must do my schoolwork for this many hours a day or I will feel guilty. I need my body to look this certain way. We didn't have those opinions and expectations from the outside. And so as a five-year-old, you're not traditionally using the language of, I'm just not blank enough. Now, terrifyingly, Nora McInerney, host of the Terrible Thanks for Asking podcast, she shared on Instagram that she found a journal entry from when she was 10 years old that said, 
I just don't feel like I'm doing enough with my life. And she was like, can you imagine? What did I expect of myself at 10 years old? But now I'm, you know, I don't know what she is, 35, 40 years old, and realizing this has been my narrative my whole entire life. Since I was 10, the message was already there when I was 10. And another woman replied, I have a um, a journal entry from the eighth grade when I said, I just feel like I wasn't productive enough today. And Jeremy wasn't that concerned by that. He was like, yeah, I feel like that's when we know like what we should be doing with homework and stuff like that. And I was like, I for one am still alarmed that at 12 years old, we were already beating ourselves up with... Yeah, I feel I'm I'm ashamed and disappointed in myself that I wasn't productive enough today. The the comment wasn't someone told me I wasn't. The, the internal thought is already there. So, where does this definition come from? Who decided it? And when will it be enough? What is that definition and when we reach it? Will we not just raise the bar to the next level? So the first takeaway I have for you in this whole series is in areas where we struggle with this, there likely is not a clear metric. And if we think there is, the carrot will move when we get there. We might say, no, my clear metric is I'm a a size 10, and if I can get to a size 8, that will be happiness. But I have a feeling there's something else in your life that you could look back on and say, you know what, though, once I got to the eight, then I realized that then I got distracted with the fact that I didn't like my nose and I started thinking about a nose job. Then I started thinking that I didn't like my clothes and I didn't have enough money to spend on it. Then I started thinking, well, it's not just about the size. Now it's about the fact that my arms, you know, aren't really toned. Because the dissatisfaction with our body is not going to be answered just by getting to that other size or the the money or the success or the number of followers, whatever it is. I believe in most of these areas, it is a never-ending quest where we think the number or the thing will answer it. If I can build a six-figure business, if I can... Whatever it is, we we come up with this number. If I just had five close girlfriends, I would be satisfied. We think that the number or the thing will answer it. And it won't because it's a feeling that we're carrying with us. It's, It's a hole we're trying to fill that is ultimately about our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, And we're saying, I think if I just get this thing, it will answer it. And this is in so many areas of our lives. When we can ask ourselves, would the weight be enough? In my research for my style book, I'm I'm aware of how often I hear in culture celebrities and models and women who've struggled with eating disorders talk about how they were their most miserable when they were the most thin. So I personally have tons of examples that weighing less does not lead to inner peace and feeling that it's enough 
And for some people, they've had to go to such an extreme to get so miserable while being so thin in order to realize this isn't enough. It wasn't the weight. The emptiness was somewhere else. Studies show, I think it's around $75,000 a year as a median household income that up to that point, more money does equal more happiness. Because there are some areas where you don't have enough. I mean, you need enough water to survive, right? You need enough, you need your water to be clean enough to be healthy. So there are legitimate markers. You need enough money to be able to feed your family, put a roof over your head, have confidence that you have a savings account in case of emergencies, in case you have a medical bill. That's very valid. And so it's not to shame ourselves that in some areas, we can be honest and we can validate, I don't have enough or that community doesn't have enough. Those people don't have enough. That family doesn't have enough and I validate that. But the majority of the time, after you get past, I, again, I believe it's 75000 as a median income, more money doesn't equate more happiness. And they've done so many studies on this. And yet... The more money we earn, we keep thinking, if I, okay, I just need a little bit more. And then I'll not only have a savings account, I'll be able to invest in retirement. And then I'll not only invest in retirement, but I'll be able to buy a house. And then I won't just buy a house, I'll be able to go on vacation. And as we say those things, those are all good things, right? Like we wouldn't begrudge anyone to be like, yes, I want you to have all of those things. But it's an awareness that initially we thought if I could just get to 75000 for our family, that would be enough. And then it's so subtle that suddenly it's like, okay, but just a little bit more and a little bit more. And this is why it's complex because, again, that's not a bad thing. I want everyone to have a savings account. I want everyone to have retirement. I want everybody to own a home if that gives them peace and joy. I want everyone to go on vacation. I want everyone to be able to afford to send their kids to college. The enoughness, the desire... To get to that enoughness isn't bad. It doesn't make us bad or greedy or unfulfilled. But it is questioning, is it true that when I get that thing or that number, I truly will be satiated to say, I can stop striving. I can rest. I can celebrate. I can be proud. And I think that internally, that is what is so elusive to us and what's so dangerous about the quest of enough is we're never really going to get there. You know, we hear like, will getting married or having a baby fulfill you enough? And we know that often that yearning is more about our inner peace. And so we are, we're aware in some of these areas just because you're thinner doesn't mean you're happier. Just because you have more money doesn't mean you're happier. If you're not happy with yourself, getting married or having a baby is not going to fulfill you. Those are narratives that we tend to know. We, we've heard those things before. But the most powerful area I hear from people on is around our time, our success, ultimately being proud of ourselves and how we're using this life that we're given. 
And I think one of the reasons for that is because it isn't measurable. We have stats to say, your, we've done the research. Your your spouse and a baby doesn't complete you. If you have more than this amount of money, you are not happier. If you way less, you're not happier. All those things I said, we've we've done research on that. We have the stats to back that up. But there is so much, it is so much more nebulous when it comes to what are all the other humans doing with the minutes in their day? Are they using their hours? better than me? Are they more focused? Are they accomplishing more? Are they doing better work? Am I living up to my potential? Where am I in terms of success and accomplishment compared to other people? Now, I might have some specific metrics about getting a promotion or being at a certain income level that help me with that. But even within that, I have so many questions. Am I really living up to my potential? Am I being too hard or not hard enough on myself? Am I lazy or is it valid that I'm exhausted? Do I need to hustle more or do I need to rest more? And that is so much harder to quantify because it's our thoughts, our emotions, our work. We, we can't put that into a study. And so I think it's that area of my time, productivity, success, accomplishment, that is where this word enough is the biggest monster, let's say, because we don't have the facts and the studies to back it up and to say, no, I I think that's a a belief that we should release. I think that's a, a fear that we should question. I don't think the data supports that. In this area, it's like, I don't know, man, I'm asking the same question. And honestly, I am. I wish I had an answer for you. I ask this question for myself all the time. I did create a 10-step exercise that I'm going to walk you through next week. And I'm going to share two very specific examples of how I've used it in my life to really find more peace in areas where I've realized these are little thoughts all throughout my day in this area. This is frequently throughout the day. This is all throughout my years. This isn't seasonal or situational. These are just constant whispers on repeat of, am I enough? Is it enough? If I could just, if I could just this then. For this week, what I want to encourage you to do is notice when you have the thought enough. Am I doing enough? Do I have enough or not enough, meaning scarcity. I don't feel that I have enough. And notice this about your time and productivity. You know, do you do you have those thoughts? Oh, I just didn't feel like I got enough done today. When you're going to set your alarm at night, are you like, oh, I just feel like I have so much to do. Maybe I should wake up a little earlier tomorrow. On On a weekend, are you thinking like, oh, I just have so much to do. You know, that's an uh, that's an enoughness. I'm behind. I haven't done enough, so I'm under the weight of things to do. Do you notice it about your success? Do you have a fleeting thought on Instagram? Oh, she has more engagement than I do. Oh, her graphics are so good. Do you do you catch those little thoughts that ultimately are saying you're not far enough? 
You're not good enough. You haven't, your potential is at a 10 and you're only at a three and it looks like this person over there is really living up to their potential. When it comes to your weight, when we notice, oh, my stomach. Is the subconscious thought there, I haven't worked out enough. I haven't calorie restricted enough. Around our money, when we feel like, oh, I thought we had more in our savings or I don't know if we can afford that. Now, maybe that's just a healthy thought. I don't think that's something I want to invest my money in. I don't think that feels worth the cost-benefit analysis to spend that dollar amount on that thing. That's fine. But is the actual thought, I can't afford it? Which is more about I don't have enough money to have the thing I want, which is a very different energy than I have the money, I just choose not to spend it in that way. So I want to encourage you to notice and observe your thoughts because getting to the root of this over the next few weeks, not that I believe we're going to solve this in the next few weeks, but as we unpack this, it's so important because getting to the root of it heals so much of our self-shame. And that is the underlying whisper of everything. I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I I don't have enough. If I just did a little more, then I would be happy. If I pushed more, then I would be happy. So I only have myself to blame for this lack of happiness. What is the opposite of shame? Pride. The opposite of being ashamed of yourself is feeling proud of yourself or even peaceful with yourself, not an egotistical, haughty pride, like I am so proud, I will not apologize for that, but a real peaceful self-love, you know, I did the best I could. I think I did a pretty great job, all things considered. That is the opposite of shame. I shared in a past podcast episode that maybe a year and a half ago, we had an event at my church and... If you're of a different religious faith, this might sound weird to you, but just keep an open mind. Give me grace and go with it. We had someone visit who is prophetic, who has the gift of prophecy. And this is someone who has words or visions or insights for someone, even if they've never met them. So we had this this powerful person come, and we spent a whole day, the leaders of our church, I mean, hours, eight hours, listening to to him give prophecy after prophecy to people. And there was no repeats in what he said. Everything was was fresh and new, and he had different takeaways for people that were just kind of unbelievable, that you were like, how, how would you know that? How Gosh, like, you really nailed that. But there's one sentence that he said, I think, to every single person. And it was some variation of, Laura, I want you to know God is so proud of you. Steve, I really just sense that God is so proud of you. Mary, God wants you to know he is so proud of you. And I was so blown away with the reality that this is my second big takeaway for you today. It is the yearning of every heart to feel that we are enough. Male, single, male, female, single, married, parent, whatever ethnicity, whatever age, whatever socioeconomic class, it is a core desire to want to feel like we are enough, 
to feel proud of ourselves, to feel like the people who know us, who really see what we're doing every day, see the decisions that we make, see the actions that we take, would say, I'm proud of you. You you did enough. I see what your circumstance is and where you are, and that is impressive. That is remarkable. That is to be celebrated. So we shouldn't invalidate that desire, but to acknowledge, are we chasing an elusive carrot to try to answer that? And we think, I will get it when I get this promotion, when I get this money, when I get married, when I get this thing. And yet that doesn't, that doesn't fill the hole. And so then we move on to the next thing and we therefore live in a constant state of always being just a little bit disappointed with ourselves, a little bit disappointed in who we are and what we have and what we have accomplished. That it's not about productivity. It's about pride. And again, that's not a fluffed up haughty pride. That's a peaceful, self-loving pride. And so when we struggle with our productivity, our time, our accomplishments, what we're really saying is, can I be proud of myself? Can I honor that I did a good job, that I did enough, and I don't have to constantly live feeling like just one more hour, one more push, one more thousand dollars, one more pound, whatever it is, and then... I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like, I'm really proud of you. So reflect this week on when you have those thoughts of enough and notice if that feeling triggers a beating yourself up, that the subtext of that is, I didn't do more. And then next week, we're going to have a really beautiful conversation walking through these 10 questions that I'm asking myself that are really supporting me to notice capture, rewire, forgive, and choose a better feeling thought to be more graceful, grateful, and proud of myself and where I am. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the color in my home, specifically in my living room and my home office. It has been so gray and foggy here in New York. When we first got back from Mexico, we were getting our pretty sunsets that we traditionally get over Manhattan and over the river. And for the last few weeks, it has been, it's like there's a whole giant white cloud outside our window. Like we can't even see across into Manhattan. There's no pretty sunset. It's just gray and foggy. And I realized I think, especially after being so blessed with the magical, colorful beauty of Mexico, that I would be really struggling a little bit more with depression and just the sads if I didn't, if I hadn't created my own color in my home. And I, this stood out to me because I started getting a lot of DMs commenting on the color in our living room. And I thought, I think that's, that's because there hasn't been that golden magical light. Oftentimes when I'm showing my living room, it's at that magical, delicious golden hour. And what takes your breath away is the light and the whole view whole view altogether. But now that that's been absent, 
people aren't commenting on the golden light. They're not commenting on the view. What they're left with is the color in the living room. And so that's what's standing out to them. I filmed some house tours. Oh, I filmed house tours of my apartment back in November before we left to for four months. I have still not put them up on Instagram. I will get them there eventually. And it has some beautiful tips about how to embrace more color in your decor. But for today, use this as a reminder to just notice if color brings you joy when you see it in others' homes, on others' closets, in others' jewelry, on, on their face, if that's in you know the form of lipstick, whatever it is. And if yes, is it present in your life? Could you bring it more into your life? There's a book that I started reading that I have not finished called Joyful. And it talks about how we love color, but we're afraid of it. We're so afraid of making a mistake, especially when it comes to, you know, we're investing money in something. We don't want to regret it. So we just tend to go the safe area. So if that is true for you, what are areas that you could incorporate it? Maybe that's temporary. Like you just go buy yourself flowers. They're only going to last for a week, but it's one step to say, I listened to this podcast. I looked around my room and I went, Everything in here is neutral colors. Suddenly I'm craving that. Simplest thing I can do, let me go buy some flowers. Maybe it is one big change. You realize if I just swapped it out and put a a colorful rug in here, I don't have to spend all the money in the world. I don't have to change all the things, but I could do one powerful pop of color. Or maybe it's I'm going to get like two throw blankets. I'm going to get a throw blanket for either couch or my couch or my big comfy chair because it's an affordable way to have this pop of color that isn't a big bulky piece of furniture that I have to return. Just notice how many things come up. Oh, that's money. Oh, that's effort. Oh, what if I don't like it? What if it turns out to be expensive? What if it doesn't work and I have to return it? And just think creatively around, you know what I could do is this one thing. I know we're headed into spring now, and so hopefully most of us are having more sunshine, but I think it's also something to keep in mind as we head into next winter, um, specifically if you ever get the blahs as I do once the the holiday decorations are down and it felt so festive in December and then you get to January and you're like, oh, the house looks sad now. Maybe even thinking ahead, you know what? That She's right. That does happen to me. I do kind of get like, eh, January through March. So I'm just going to remember that now. I'm going to look for things on sale or whatnot to say, I want to have some colorful things to add in next January so it doesn't feel like I just took all of that away. I had something else to add in. Or maybe it is adding in right now because you've been home so much with the pandemic and things are starting to feel a little bit blah and just a few pieces of color could really freshen that up. So I hope in general today has freshened up your approach and your energy. And as always, I would love to hear your thoughts over on Instagram. So come join me, especially on Instagram stories for my most days life coaching over there where we will be talking about this and all the things more with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.